What's up, friends? And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get out your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest green solution for pickup. And use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. All right, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this winning Monday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. Mace, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. The Broncos are doing better. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like a 3-6 and six Broncos team. It feels like a 1-0 and o Broncos team that's going on their bye week. Yeah, and it feels like a team that met a club that's in complete disarray. And it's a reminder that while things aren't where you want them to be with the Broncos, from a coaching and organization perspective, Vic Fangio is doing very well at keeping guys on point and on the level because we saw yesterday with Cleveland what a completely disorganized outfit in terms of the team itself and the coaching we now see what a chaotic team looks like. I don't know how they can keep Freddie Kitchens after this year because that team is in full retreat. The talent on that team screams five and three, maybe even six and two, and they're sitting there at two and six. Cleveland had no business losing that game yesterday based on the talent they had, but the Broncos were better prepared, better organized, for the most part, better disciplined. The the shoe thing with OBJ and Jarvis Landry, look, it's a dumb rule. I think that the shoe restriction should be eliminated from the National Football League. Yep. But still, you've got to make sure they got the right cleats on. <laughs> I someone mean... has got to tell them. And yeah, the NFL has the uniform inspector there. But someone on the sidelines got to say, look, you can't wear this. You're going to th- they're going to threaten to pull you out of the game if you go in there with this. Mace, it's the beginning of November, so it's a time to be thankful, and that's a perfect place to start is we people in Denver are so upset with where the Broncos have been the past few years, and understandably so, but it's good to be thankful that you're not the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns that everyone had very high expectations for this year, the Cleveland Browns that everyone thought was going to win the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns that had the number one overall pick in back-to-back years, and one of those got their quarterback. And then not only 
how they looked yesterday. Not only the shoe thing, but then after the game, one of their players is sending death threats on Twitter to reporters, and then, of course, they have to cut him this morning. We're sitting here at 9.47 in the morning when we record this, and you said you have no idea how Freddie Kitchens can be the coach after this year. Mace, I have no idea how Freddie Kitchens can be the coach come 10 a.m. Denver time. It is an absolute dumpster fire, and we can be thankful that we haven't had that conversation about Vic Fangio. Should he be the coach after Monday? No, we've never had that conversation because while things may not be going the way the Broncos want, look how their defense is looking. Look at how the team respects their head coach. Are they doing stupid things on the field? occasionally in terms of missing assignments and stuff are they doing mind-blowingly stupid things that are just so unnecessary no they're not no and you have some components of the broncos that aren't working garrett Bowles yet again having multiple penalties in a short span it's amazing how one penalty becomes two penalties <laughs> right with him especially with him <laughs> but these things are isolated. You have players on the Broncos that are playing above their capabilities, yeah. above themselves. Yeah. Devontae Harris. Yeah, he missed yeah. a tackle on Jarvis Landry, but he also saves a touchdown with a great play on the ball in the end zone. He's a guy that played 100% of the defensive snaps yesterday. Oh, Devontae Harris, I'm not sure if he's going to be a starting cornerback in 2020. But I know he's part of the equation. He looks like he can be at least a solid number three. And this is a guy who the Broncos got off waivers from the Bengals, right? Yes, they're they're getting solid contributions from Devontae Harris, Duke Dawson, who was basically yep. acquired for an exchange of sixth and seventh round picks, basically acquired for a few kicking tees and a couple of footballs. <laughs> Don't forget uh, Bosby before he got hurt. Right. Devontae Bosby was playing well. Alexander Johnson was out of football for four years and gets in there and has played marvelously. Yeah, there have been some mental mistakes, but the aggression and the intensity and the energy that he brings has popped up the entire defense. Mike Purcell was in the AAF. And he's doing a good job at nose tack, although he's got to cut the penalties, a couple of discipline (laughs) penalties in the last two weeks. I feel like I'm having a little bit of a Domitop Echo flashback. (laughs) I was was just going to say, he's trying to live up to (laughs) Domitop. But you see those guys that are producing. It's good scouting. It's also Vic Fangio. This is what people talk about when they say Vic Fangio is a wizard. Yep. And the team, while it has struggled, It has not lost its focus. The thing that I have today, Zach, is now I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But the key to reaching the end of the tunnel is going to be getting the quarterback decision right and getting a young quarterback because... I think you got to keep this defense together. You've got to find a way to get Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, at, re-signed. You've got to find a way to, um, to maybe even bring back Shelby Harris as well. Justin Simmons is probably at the top of that list as far as players to re-sign based on the fact that he's going into his second contract, but there seems to be some progress there from what I hear. But now 
I'm thinking, what is the best formula for this team to find its way back to contention in the next two years? The formula isn't going out and paying 25, 30, even 35 million for a veteran quarterback. The formula is keeping this defense together and then making sure you have the right quarterback, probably in the draft next spring. If it can be Drew Locke, that's great. And that brings us to something we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. A and day later, what do you think of Brandon Allen? And after re-watching the game late last night, seeing it live, having seen his preseason snaps over the last four years, honestly, nothing changed Sunday regarding my opinion of Brandon Allen. He's a guy who can be a backup. He does some good things. He's very lucky that the Browns didn't make the back-breaking play against him. That should have been interception in the backfield there in the second quarter. And he missed some makeable throws. And the touchdown to Cortland Sutton, he's got to place that ball better. Cortland makes a marvelous play. At least you gave Cortland a shot, but that wasn't a great throw. And there were others that weren't great throws. It's one game. The Browns didn't have much to go on when preparing. The Vikings will. The Bills will. It feels good to talk about a Broncos win, but I think Brandon Allen's probably going to come back to earth and, in the next two games. And Mace, I completely agree. And before we jump into that juicy situation with the quarterbacks and what to do now that Brandon Allen has a 125 pass rating, I got to tell you about some other juice and that's, of course, our presenting sponsor, Strava Craft Coffee. And the Broncos are drinking some delicious Strava Craft Coffee with a smile on their face today. And, of course, Strava Craft Coffee is the perfect blend of getting your Java in the morning, afternoon, evening, midnight, whenever you want. Plus, the fantastic CBD effects that it brings helps relieve aches, pains, anything that you may need help with. That's what the CBD does. And you get your delicious coffee through the Strava Craft Coffee. And so if you want to hop on the Strava Craft Coffee train with us, make sure you use code DNVR20 to receive 20% off. Man, that code DNVR20 is something special. Gets you 20% off pretty much everywhere. And as Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. And Mace, I feel the exact same way as you do about Brandon Allen going back and watching his throws after the game as well. And boy, he was a lucky guy yesterday. Did he make the plays? Yes, he made the plays. Did he make a fantastic throw to Cortland Sutton in the end zone? No, he he didn't. I like the idea of what he did of throwing it up to Cortland Sutton. And we call them 50-50 balls. Maybe to, to Cortland, they really are 70-30 balls. They're 70-30 if you go outside shoulder. E exactly. That ball inside is about 30-70. It's a phenomenal play by Cortland, but he's not going to make that all the time. And what, 20% or 20% or of that 100% could be picked off mm -hmm. in the end zone because it was it was a bad, bad ball. And then the other one, the other touchdown to Noah Fant, did Brandon Allen deliver the the ball on time and and put it in place? Yes, he did. Are those routine passes typically going to turn into 75-yard touchdowns where your rookie tight end shows the most flash he ever has and breaks three tackles on his way to the end zone? Probably not. Sometimes they will because of <laughs> Noah Fant. And 
if Brandon Allen has the retreat in the two games coming up here on the road, that really tough swing against Minnesota and Buffalo, maybe we will regard Sunday's game as less the debut of Brandon Allen and more the coming out party for Noah Fant. Mm, yeah. That after the fits and starts of the first eight games, you saw it. You right. saw the glimpse of it. You, not only on that play, but, and I'll tip my cap to Brandon Allen, a great pass there on in the play in the third quarter, the, the first of the two passes where he gets behind two defenders. Yep. And <clears throat> Allen kind of drops it in his bread basket as he's rolling right. Best throw of the day. But that's also a great route by Noah Fant in terms of setting behind the coverage, behind two defenders, and creating a window beyond the defenders that the quarterback can get the ball into. And then he gets open down down the seam uh, toward the numbers for that play uh, later on in the drive that sets up Philip Lindsay's touchdown run. This was what Noah Fant can do. This is what he can bring. Mm-hmm. And I put out a number this morning, or a set of numbers on Twitter, just to remind people of what Noah Fant is doing, how far he's coming along, comparing him to other rookies over the course of time. And he's on pace for 41 catches, 533 yards, and a 13 yards per catch average. Why is that significant? Well, there aren't many tight ends over the course of NFL history who have achieved that. According to Pro Football Reference, just eight tight ends in their rookie seasons had at least 40 catches and 500 yards with 13 or more yards per catch, and the last was Gronk. (laughs) How about that? It takes a little bit for rookie tight ends to find their way. Yes, it it does, and we've been saying that. (laughs) Yep. And been saying that since the spring. By the way, he's actually ahead of TJ Hawkinson in receiving yards now. Mm. Now, Hawkinson has played one less game, but over the last seven games for Hawkinson, even seven games for Fant, Fant has been more productive than Hawkinson. Right now, now, now Noah Fant has his big game. TJ Hawkinson has his big game. The difference being that Hawkinson's big game was against a Vance Joseph defense, (laughs) and... If you're a tight end, it's you know, you know, it's like everybody wins. Everybody wins when you're a tight end against the DJ defense. <laughs> exactly. And Mace, I think what one other way we'll remember yesterday's game, if it isn't the the Brandon Allen game, which neither of us expect, is look what this team did rallying around Brandon Allen. Everyone stepped up. The offensive line, did they play perfect? Absolutely not. If it wasn't for Brandon Allen's mobility, if Joe Flacco was back there, Mace, there could have easily been six or seven sacks on the day. And it's not that Allen always had the most poise in the pocket under pressure. There were a couple of Joe Flacco, (laughs) let's just get this one away (laughs) plays. And when they attacked him, it looked like he hesitated. He had the self-sack, yeah. which is fine if you're Peyton Manning in year 18. <laughs> but when you're a quarterback who has some mobility, the self-sack, it looked like he was seeing ghosts at times. And yep. this is something that he's going to have to work on. And I don't know that it gets better in the next two games. But really, again, for Brandon Allen, we're talking about can he be a backup in this league? Right. 
did you see enough to I, be comfortable rolling with him in 2020 as your backup? Potentially. I want to see more. And we'll we'll get to see more. And but this is a really interesting thing because the Broncos going into the 2020 offseason think it's a near certainty they move on from Joe Flacco based on that contract because you can save $10 million under the cap and you could get a Fitzpatrick or Josh McCown type for anywhere from two to four million. So your savings is going to be six to eight million dollars, right? And that goes a long way towards, say, Connor McGovern, right? Yep. You can make use of that money. It can go a long way toward Derek Wolf. Yep. So if you're looking at a backup, it's that type. But if Brandon Allen shows enough to where he can be the guy in reserve then maybe you don't go with that quasi-coach, right? that veteran nearing the end of his career. I think people equate Joe Flacco with some of those guys, and they don't because the Broncos did not sell Joe Flacco as a temporary solution. Right. You had John Elway getting up there and saying he was still in his prime. <laughs> That's the difference between Joe Flacco and Orion Fitzpatrick, who everybody knows is a bridge. Josh right. McCown, everybody knows he's a veteran backup. Joe Flacco, you were selling as the solution. Yep. The long-term solution. You bring in another one of these guys. No one is saying they're the solution, and that's fine. But that being said, if Brandon Allen does enough, maybe you say, okay, he's going to get enough coaching from the coaching staff. We don't need that extra kind of coach on the sideline. Let's just have a younger guy as the backup. Brandon Allen could be that guy. At the same time, Drew Locke is going to get an audition later on in the season. I think it's an audition to be a starter, but... You could be looking at Drew Locke as a backup if you draft somebody in 2020. There's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, all I'll say is, if you're a Broncos fan, you should probably keep watching Oregon, Georgia, and LSU yep. pretty closely yep. over the next few weeks. Yep, and like we said yesterday, John Elway should absolutely be in Tuscaloosa this weekend, not just to see Tua and and to see the quarterbacks and to see Burrow, but to see just all the talent that's there. Um, so I would hope that he'd be there, especially with the Broncos on the bye. But Mace, something that we can take from yesterday's game is Drew Locke may be set up for success more than anyone really thought. If when he goes in, let's say it's week 13, at home, just like yesterday's game was, and let's say Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton and the defense step up just like they did for Brandon Allen and Drew Locke gets this boost from everyone around him, who's who's to say that he can't go out and throw 60%, 200 yards, two touchdowns, no picks? It's true. Of course, that being said, because Brandon Allen was in a scheme with similar nomenclature out in Los Angeles that he came in with a couple of years of experience, a big part of Drew Locke's struggles, I think it simply is in getting the play call out, which right. is a problem with this scheme. The nomenclature is complex. I think everybody has seen the clips of John Gruden reciting plays. Right. And I was talking about this on KOA on Sunday. It may be wise if you keep having young quarterbacks struggling with the play call because we've heard about this before with young quarterbacks. Yep. Paxton Lynch certainly struggled with it. Even Trevor Simeon struggled for a while with it because it's something you haven't done. 
Yeah. So how do you simplify that? Because quarterbacks are not coming from college with the ability to recite these long play calls in the huddle. They're doing it literally for the first time. Yeah. Are you asking the unreasonable, especially in today's game, to have them get these play calls out? Yes. If it, Don't you want to set your quarterback up for success? So you need to take this scheme. I, I think, frankly, if you're Rich Gangarello and you, and you want to take this scheme to another level in terms of players' capacity to absorb it and succeed on succeed more quickly because, look, you've got to get value out of the players you bring in, if not immediately, closer to it. This isn't the wait two years NFL anymore. Not in the salary cap era. Not in this time where the only thing you can really control is the rookie salary. And even that may be out the window after the 2020 CBA. If you're doing it this way just because it's always been done this way in this scheme, that's a bad reason. Saying, oh, we've always had these calls in this West Coast scheme, that's not a reason why you should keep them. It's time to find a way to bridge the gap between what it was and what football is now and what quarterbacks coming out of college are more equipped to do now. And I'm not saying simplify the scheme, but I'm saying simplify the calls. Right. Because you're hearing over and over for young quarterbacks in the West Coast scheme that the biggest thing in terms of absorbing the offense is being able to get the play call out. Right. I've heard this enough times to where now it's like, okay, how do you solve this? The New England offense, which goes back to Ray Perkins and Ron Earhart back in the 70s, the nomenclature there is a bit simpler in terms of getting it out. So why can't you do it with the West Coast scheme? What scares me is just how married Rich Scangarello is to this scheme and the history of it and Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan and Gary Kubiak and everything. He loves everything about this not just because of what it does on the field but the rich history of it so that scares me that he's not going to do that but what gives me hope is look he's worked with Jimmy Garoppolo a ton behind the scenes to help him get ready he worked a ton with Nick Mullins behind the scenes to get ready maybe he worked a ton with Brandon Allen behind the scenes to get ready and maybe he now understands just how important it is to 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 do everything you need to do to help the quarterback succeed. We know last week he talked with Brandon Allen on multiple occasions to find out, hey, what exactly can I do to help you succeed? What do you like? We're going to do those. What don't you like? And I will cross those off my play sheet right now. So that gives me a little bit of help, but then... He could also say, well, look, I've done it with Jimmy G. I've done it with Nick Mullins. I've done it with Brandon Allen. These guys are all picking it up, so I don't need to change. Yeah. <laughs> but I would also argue that if you talk with Brandon Allen and ask him, okay, if it doesn't work, we're not going to put it in, that if and when you get Drew Locke out there later this year, you do the same thing with Drew Locke. Right. Say, okay, what doesn't work? Yep. And hopefully he says uh, the 25-word play calls. <laughs> well, not not hopefully he says that, but if he says that, in all honesty, that Rich would change it up. The problem is changing the play calls 
means kind of getting down to the guts of the offense at an atomic level and yeah. then reconstructing a little a little bit. Yeah, it's not really something that you're going to do uh, between week 12 That's and week 13. That's an off-season thing. But again, whether you go with Drew Locke or you go with a quarterback from the first round, there's going to be that adjustment. Yeah. And not every scheme calls for this, I'm sorry to say. Yep, exactly, exactly. And Mace, before we move on, there's unfortunately going to be no Breckenridge Brewery tailgate on Sunday as the Broncos are off. But the good news is there's still going to be a Breckenridge Brewery party on Saturday night with Never Summer's opening day at Punch Bowl on November 9th. Breckenridge Brewery's teaming up with Never Summer for their opening day this Saturday at Punch Bowl, and it's going to be epic. It's from 6 to 11 p.m. at Punch Bowl Social in Denver, and they're celebrating that it's time to get on the mountains and shred those mountains. They're going to have so much cool stuff there. There's going to be live music. There's going to be karaoke, so make sure you get there early to sign up. There's going to be chances to win snowboards. There's going to be chances to win an epic pass. There's going to be so much cool things going on, and of course... There's going to be some delicious Breckenridge Brewery there. Uh, so make sure that you check this party out on this Saturday, November 9th from 6 p.m. until 11 p.m. And you don't have to worry about being ready for a Broncos game on Sunday. You can indulge in plenty of Breckenridge breweries. And then after that, you may need to be hydrated again. So check out Vita Mobile IV and we can t- tell you from experience how this works once you've had too many Breckenridge breweries. Vita Mobile IV comes to you. And of course, Ryan Koningsberg, our own RK, had this done with him after he had plenty of Breckenridge brews at the Blake Street Tavern during the preseason. And it was amazing. They came to his apartment. They hooked him up to an IV, and an hour later, he was feeling 100%, and they will come to you wherever you are, at your home, your office, your dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. So recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app right now. That's Vita, V-I-T-A, Mobile IV. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. And don't forget to use promo code HYD20 to receive 20% off your first drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20% off. Now, before we move on, I want to offer for listeners sort of a clarification of what I'm talking about with the nomenclature. And you can actually find this at Victory, V-I-Q-T-U-R-Y-Sports.com. Really quick, the word of the day, nomenclature. Nomenclature, exactly. <laughs> so here's a West Coast type of play call that Drew Locker, Brandon Allen oh, have to gosh. relay in the huddle. Scatter to West, right, tight, F, left, 372, Y stick, Z spot. I've read that off. There's no way I could memorize all that. And you're getting into kind of the guts of explaining through that call. Basically, each word is geared toward a position group Right at that point. Now, let's go with 
what we what we have in the Earhart Perkins scheme. And the Broncos actually used some of this nomenclature from 09 through 2014 because Josh McDaniels brought it with him from New England. And remember, famously, when Peyton Manning came here in 2012, one of the first tasks for Mike McCoy was to translate the concepts that Peyton Manning was used to into the nomenclature the Broncos used. So only Peyton had to learn the new language. A call, for example, deuce left mesh. Three words. Oh, wow. Deuce left means that you've got two receivers and a two-by-two look, and the left means the running back is going to the left of the quarterback. Mesh is a concept of that offense where you have two inside receivers on drag routes, two outside receivers running go routes. The running back somewhere in the middle of the defense. How about that? All those routes, those five routes for the players going out for passes, they were set by the word mesh. So everyone hears mesh, they know what to do. That's easier for a quarterback, huh? especially a young quarterback. Yes. And we're not talking about that you have to dumb this down because the quarterback is stupid and can't comprehend. No, it's just allowing them to be successful. It's one reason why, generally speaking, quarterbacks in that scheme tend to get up to speed quicker. Right. And also, because of that, if you're a player in the huddle, you've basically just got to know kind of a general concept like that. Right. Once you've figured that out, you've got to learn, but there's less learning. It's focused more on code words like that. Yep. And I think it would be advisable if for the long-term future of the West Coast scheme that you begin translating the concepts into nomenclature, much like uh, what the Patriots and their descendants over the years have used. And why can't Rich be the first one? Rich is smart. Yeah. No, look, we question a lot about Rich Gangarello. Nobody questions his intelligence. He's a very smart guy. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Mace, let's hear from the people. First comment coming in from DC Bronco. Hey, guys, you know who has half as many wins this year as Joe Flacco? Brandon Allen. Damn. Putting on the tinfoil hat and disregarding the likely correct AAA pitcher analogy. Do you guys think Flacco was an Elway decision without approval from and maybe in spite of the coaching staff? Flacco checks all the boxes. Tall, pale, big arm. But look. But Allen looked a lot better in his scheme, at least today. Any chance the staff didn't have all that much input in the first place? Well, first of all, I don't know if we've heard from him, but uh, I got to tip the cap to Virginia Beach Bronco, who long ago yep. was beating the drum yep. to play Brandon Allen. Yep. Today is your day. Bask in the glory, <laughs> my friend. It is. Tip of the cap to you. Um. It's a good question about Flacco. Now, understand that a lot of coaches are risk-averse in the NFL. Right. Joe Flacco is a relatively risk-averse choice because he's done it before. He's run, whether it's just succeeding or running this specific scheme. So it's a little bit of a security blanket to bring in Joe Flacco. And the problem, though, with that is you were relying on Joe Flacco becoming something that he hadn't been in four years, five years. Right. 
that's I think is a bigger hail mary than bringing in somebody who is younger and has upside and seeing what he can do. The other thing that I get back to on Joe Flacco is that there was a belief from John Elway, but also others in the building, that Joe Flacco's struggles in the last four seasons were schematic, that Baltimore wasn't using him properly. And man, that's a heck of a stretch to say the Baltimore Ravens, one of the smartest organizations in football, were not using one of their core players properly. Because we're seeing now with the Ravens how they've adapted everything because of the skills of their quarterback. And look where they are now. By the way, they're 12-4 and since Joe Flacco got injured. And the Broncos are 1-0 and since Joe Flacco got injured. Maybe that's the whole thing. That Joe is, Flacco is just holding everybody back. That is absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you this, that I spoke in the offseason. I spoke with... Uh, a member of the coaching staff, very well informed on this decision. And uh, I don't know how much input the coaching staff had on this, but to a man, 100%, they believed that Joe Flacco was going to be the guy, not mm-hmm. just for this year. They thought he was a perfect They thought fit he was a two to three offense. year guy at least. Right. They really, they, they believed what John Elway said. And that wasn't just them going with what John said. So I don't think that maybe they didn't have a huge input in bringing Joe Flacco here, but once he was here, they really did believe he was the guy. Yeah. And again, your risk of it's a risk averse type of move. Yeah. Bringing Joe Flacco, Oklahoma Bronco 58. I posted this last Thursday, forgetting there's not Friday pot. So here's my rant reposted LOL (laughs) and sorry in advance, because this is a doozy of a comment straight out of groundhog day. Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. (laughs) You guys have me convinced John Elway needs to go. He's running this team into the ground with a short side approach and inability to make the right choice when it comes to making decisions regarding QBs. Drew Locke has to, has to, has to play this year. How do they honestly expect him to develop at any reasonable level if he's not out there getting reps? It hurts seeing him ruin this team and not recognize that we need a youth movement worse than any team in the league. I do disagree with Mace on the QB class this year, though. Outside of Tua, there is not a guy I would feel confident drafting the first round. Justin Herbert barely scores 20 against Pac-12 defenses. This was more relevant before he went and torched USC. Mm -hmm. Jake Fromm, more like Jake Flacco. He's a game manager manager and is only decent because of the talent around him. Jacob Eason, eh, maybe at the right price. Jordan Love, he's been awful for the whole season. Jalen Hurts. Okay, I secretly love him because I go to OU. That's more like a third-round flyer. He has issues seeing guys and gets locked in on one guy too often, and his willingness to run straight for contact scares me. Also, with whatever power you have to influence John Elway, please get CD to Denver. Anyways, this class doesn't even sniff 2018's class. I, he wrote 2017, but I knew you meant 2018. Mm, yep. While Baker and Sam Darnold have struggled, they have bright futures with their respective teams, and Josh Allen looks better this year. Lamar Jackson is obviously a phenom. I just don't take us, see us taking a QB when, honestly, Tua is the only one that I see that is better than Drew in this year's class, and we're not going to be in a position to get him. My rant is over for now until more disheartening news comes out about this team and Drew. Again, this comment was last week before the game, but Brandon Allen did look good this week. It'll be very interesting to see how he looks against a defense with a pulse in two weeks, but I really hope John Elway doesn't latch onto this fool's gold performance because I highly doubt Brandon Allen can keep this up, and we literally have to find out about Drew Locke this year. I think you're right on in that last comment. I would say I cite 
Buffalo as a smart organization, how it's gone about its rebuild over the last three seasons. If Buffalo had come out of 2017 after going 9-7 and seven and sneaking into the playoffs and said, hey, we feel good about Tyrod Taylor. Right. We're not going to go quarterback here. Then that would have been fool's gold. Right. But now look where they are. They went for the young, cost-controlled quarterback in Josh Allen. They built a very good defense to partner with him. Josh Allen, from a team perspective, is having the most success because Buffalo did a good job making sure that the things you need to support a young quarterback, O-line, D, running game, were all in place. So, of course, Josh Allen is going to have some success. So. That's one of the reasons why I wrote the piece on the DNVR.com in the wake of Sunday's game. There's an opportunity to have an even better defense than Buffalo has if you keep the guys. Now, you have $78 million of cap room to play with if you cut Joe Flacco. You could use a lot of that on Simmons, Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, re-sign Connor McGovern, Sign a left tackle. I know people want to draft a tackle, but I think if Drew Locke isn't the answer, you have to go back in the quarterback realm. Herbert, I go back and forth on him. I know um, you mentioned uh, Oklahoma Bronco. They barely scored 12, 20 against Pac-12 defenses until last week. Maybe he's turning a corner. I still am hesitant because he's 6'6", <laughs> so safeties can see his eyes. The other thing, you didn't mention Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Right. I don't think he's going to get to the point where the Broncos can take him, but I love Joe Burrow. If you could give me one quarterback from this draft class, it's Joe Burrow. Hmm. And Jalen Hurts, okay, I get where you're coming from, but I also see a quarterback that has grasped Lincoln Riley's system, which puts a lot on the quarterback pre-snap. He's grasped that system after coming in just with a few weeks of off-season practices yeah. and August practices. If you can handle that, you've got a chance of being able to handle the cerebral demands of a West Coast offense right. as structure. Right. So I like Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts I would like late in round one. I know you said round three. I'd be fine with Jalen Hurts anywhere between 25 and 32. If you pick another position early and then you trade back into round one, Kind of the Teddy Bridgewater yeah. equation. I would too. I would too. And here's the thing. I think it's going to be very obvious the next two weeks whether or not Brandon Allen should be benched and whether we should see Drew Locke. I think it's going to be very, very obvious. Well, one way or another, because if Brandon Allen does what he did statistically the next two games, then it shows me, okay, he's really grown. And then can you take a guy out that has, you know, something along the lines of six touchdowns, no picks? No. But if he plays the way he did yesterday, those he's not going to have nearly close to those stats, and it'll be obvious that it's time to put Drew in. But at least he can escape from time to time. Exactly. And that's worth noting because it shows why he was a better stylistic fit than 
Joe Flacco was. Exactly. Next one coming in from Missouri Bronco. A win? Holy cow. This cheered me up after watching the Chiefs kick a game-winning field goal. I hate seeing them win. But on the bright side, I'd much rather them win this than, say, their own trophy. While I wish Allen well, we still need Locke by Los Angeles at the latest. I would say more here. But hell, over the past few weeks, we've covered damn near everything regarding this matter. I did a little research, maybe Mace can check it, and the Broncos and Raiders are tied for the most consecutive AFC West titles with five. Do you guys think the Kansas City Chiefs tie or break it? If not, which team breaks the streak? Cheers to the win, but RIP to our draft position. So Mace, what are the Chiefs at right now? The Chiefs are at three going on four because they won the division for the first time in this run back in 2016. So do they win it the next two years after this year? Well, I think they win it this year. That's obvious. Yep. And they probably win it next year. But if the Broncos follow my plan <laughs> and go with a young quarterback, if if that quarterback can grow to an elite level, I'm not saying... This succeeds if you find the next Mitchell Trubisky, for example. You got to get the right guy. That's the key to this whole process. Right. So, anyway. What about the Raiders? Ooh. Next year or the year after? They're intriguing because they've been targeting 2020 all along, and they're the wild card in this equation. Yep. Because, frankly, they look like a wild card contender right now. They do. The way they're playing. They do, and they may they may position themselves to do that this year. I actually uh, mentioned this to a friend last night. If the Raiders keep playing well, you know it's possible that that Week 17 game gets flexed to Sunday night, not because of what the Broncos do, right? But because the Raiders could be playing for the postseason. Wow, that would suck. By the way, <laughs> it would. That would absolutely <laughs> suck. It would. Night games suck. By the way, from a media <laughs> yep. perspective, I. Yeah, I wish they'd be fired into the sun. I wish every game was at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. <laughs> yep. I completely agree. Oh, man. VGK Bronco. Hey, Vegas Golden Knights. Nice. Mm. New subscriber and first comment after being a freeloader for a bit. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining the family. I was happy to see a great win today after flying into town to watch the game. I came in with extremely low expectations but thought Allen played a great game and was surprised by a good game plan. I'm not all aboard the Allen bandwagon, but have some hope for Locke when he eventually plays, hopefully, in this young offense. Do you think Allen's good play will derail Locke coming in soon? I have little faith in Elway doing the obvious right thing and starting him ASAP. I appreciate all the entertainment you guys providing your right. Colorado tap water is the best. Going to bottle some up and take it back to Vegas where the water is like something out of a rest stop bathroom <laughs> toilet. Well, the Broncos will have to de- to bring some Colorado water when they travel out to Vegas every year that's, starting next that's year. That's good to know. Although the problem is you can't get it on a plane unless you check the bag. Yeah, right. So <laughs> you're just, Well, no, what you do is you bring an empty bottle and then you, at the airport, at the water fountain, you fill it up. Yep, exactly. Before, yep, before, before you hop off. on the plane. That's, <laughs> yeah. Or you drive out there. And I'm sure there are some Bronco fans that will drive out there. Right, yep. Uh, that's, like, <laughs> that's not a drive I'm going to make. I think I'm going to be getting on the uh, the hourly Southwest Airlines <laughs> <laughs> right. flights to, to Vegas. Um, appreciate you joining the family, by the way. Um, as for derailing lock coming in soon, yeah, it's possible. If Brandon Allen plays well against Minnesota and Buffalo, 
I think then the target for Drew Locke coming in is probably pushed back to the Detroit game in Week 16. Right. Yeah. And so if it's going to work in the ideal situation for getting Locke the maximum reps here, you want Brandon Allen to probably struggle against Minnesota and Buffalo and at least be brought back to earth a little bit because then it's all pointing toward Drew Locke playing against the Chargers in week 13 unless Allen balls out yeah. in that two-game road trip. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's going to be obvious. I think everyone's going to know. Next one, Mace, coming in from Virginia Beach Broncos. He's taking his victory lap here. Well, along with Bumpy Buffalo, at least for one week, I feel vindicated. Maybe it's spending a career in the military, but there was something so wrong with Flacco's lack of leadership and enthusiasm. It seemed like the effects of the rest of the team might have been greater than those reflected in the mere statistics. As far as Brandon goes, the biggest hit on him was his performance in preseason games, yet we spend the entire preseason pointing out how meaningless preseason performances are as they are indicators of regular season success. Either way, there appeared to be excitement at Mile High today, something Flacco was incapable of producing. Some stats from the week in football for perspective on Brandon's performance. Brandon's 125.6 pass rating was the fourth best of the week, obviously excluding Monday Night Football. Murray had 130.7, Wilson had 133.7, and Garoppolo had 136.9. The average across all 26 active quarterbacks was 100.9. A big reason for the high rating was his yards per attempt, which at 9.7 yards per attempt was also the fourth best of the week behind Stafford, Murray, and Rivers. Finally, no quarterback had fewer attempts than Brandon. He tied for the fewest with Josh Allen at 20 attempts. The league average was 33 and a half attempts. Well, that's why on the preseason numbers, I go by the four-year sample size with Brandon Allen rather than just one season because he's played the equivalent of roughly seven full games right? in four preseasons. That's a lot. That's a good representative sample size as far as what a guy is. And uh, the the sack rate was higher than you'd like. One every 18.4 drop, packs, drop backs in the passer rating was 70.9, which is obviously not what you like. Certainly, he showed some spark. No right. doubt about that. Um, and Bumpy Buffalo chimed yeah. in and said, finally, we are proven right. I know but, the next two games are going to be tougher, but I see this going great for Allen. Here's what's interesting, though. You want to know what Brandon Allen's QB rating per ESPN was? What? 37.1. From yesterday? Yes. Ooh. That's bad. Yeah, the average is 50, right? Isn't that how the scale is? Yeah, that's lower than Joe Flacco's rating. Oof, and Mesa kind of points to what you and I were saying. He had some near misses, some near disasters in the game. And honestly, I'm happy for Brandon Allen. But as I told a few people after the game last night, if I am in Brandon Allen's shoes, I'm gathering every game program. I'm taking a picture of the scoreboard. I'm getting the game ball. I'm even taking some blades of grass and putting them in a Ziploc bag and taking them home eventually to plant them in my backyard, wherever home is, Arkansas, wherever. Yep. Because there's a pretty good chance that yesterday was the apex Yep. for Brandon Allen as a pro, and that's okay. As I said in our roundtable, what you're asking is for him to be a hero just for one day, as David Bowie said. <laughs> yep, and he was. And that's who, what he was. Good for him. <laughs> yes, of course. But I, I tend to be a bit of a realist about this. So 
Bumpy Buffalo. Finally, we are proven right. I know the next two games are going to be tougher, but I see this going great for Allen. Thanks for the stat work, Virginia Beach Broncos. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you thank for you. your service, Virginia Beach Broncos. And thank you guys for calling that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. We give you all the credit in the world. Yes. Next one from Iceman. Hey, boys, the Broncos have beaten three teams with a combined 10 and 16 records. Just saying. Nice wins by the Broncos and Air Force. Allen seemed to prove Flacco was more of the issue, not first-year offensive coordinator Rich Gangrello. Go Denver and the Falcons. Always feels good for the Zoomies to win one of the Commander-in-Chief trophy games, of course, beating Army on Saturday. It was a lot closer than everybody expected. (laughs) Air Force did not cover the spread in the game, but a a solid win, no doubt. And I think, Iceman, you have a point. Maybe Flacco was more of the issue than Rich Gangarello. It was Rich Gangrello's best work. Tip yep. the cap to him. Missouri Bronco. Mace should destroy all the dumb rules of the no fun league like the shoes. <laughs> well, you know what? If I'm commissioner and when Roger Goodell retires, I think, you know what? I'll do it right now. Roger Goodell will someday retire. I'm announcing my candidacy to replace Roger yes. Goodell as commissioner. Uh, Mace, you, get, you got all our votes. And one of the things I'm going to do in my administration that I promised to do is to focus on the unnecessary rules. Let's work on the things that are actually necessary to ensuring the game survives and thrives for the coming decades. So yes, that means there are some tweaks that need to be made and maybe you've got to reduce the big hits even further because again, you want to make sure the game evolves and is part of the sporting lexicon and culture for decades to come. Football has evolved. Look, you had players dying on a regular basis back in the early 20th century and the game evolved it created the forward pass for example the history of football is filled with evolutionary turning points i believe there should be more but it's focusing on the rules you need not the rules you don't you don't need rules saying oh you can't wear this type of cleat sorry because it has it's the wrong color give me a freaking break why would you actively make something not as fun in anything well, whether it's a billion-dollar industry or just something that you're doing with your friends in the backyard, that makes absolutely no sense. So, Mace, you have my vote. Yes. Next one coming in from DS Rodish says, As fantastic as this win was, the Broncos cannot forget what has to happen. Drew Locke must start Week 13 on. All this win shows is that Brandon Allen can be a solid backup and that Skangarello can be an excellent game planner and or play caller when given a quarterback with decent mobility. Even if Drew pulls out two wins out of thin air, they won't, and Fangio and Elway decide they can't seriously believe Allen gives them a better chance to win than Locke. I'm grateful for a win and love to see the team happy and successful, but the goal of the season doesn't change. Denver must find out what it has in Locke. I wonder if... Kyle Slaughter could have had a game like this. Oh, I'm just saying. And nobody thinks Kyle Slaughter, well, almost nobody thinks Kyle Slaughter <laughs> is a viable long-term starter. But could he have come in and done that for one day? Probably. In fact, the way Allen reacted under pressure a couple of times when it was clear, kind of, you could almost kind of sense the panic. Yep. Reminded me of Kyle Slaughter in that preseason finale when he went up in class instead of going against third and fourth teamers for a little bit, went up against second teamers and took a safety. It was almost like, whoa, uh-oh. <laughs> and it kind of felt the same way. Yeah, exactly. So, T-Dubs. Hey, DNVR fam. 
I thought Allen played pretty well on Sunday and expect him to improve with more reps, but by far the most impressive thing for me was the play calling offensively, which leads to my question. I've never been a big Flacco fan, but his arm strength could never be denied. Hit one of the best deep balls in the league, and it seemed like we never utilized it. Yet Allen took a few deep shots yesterday, which I love. Why the change? Was it Flacco's comments? Thanks, guys. You know what? I think Flacco's comments did have a little bit of an impact on the game plan. I think so. I More th- than a little impact, I'd say. Yeah, I think Joe Flacco re- kind of set the coaches straight. Okay, wow. M- Mr. Joe Cool Conservative is saying that we're conservative. We got to do something different. But the other thing is this. Could Joe Flacco have scrambled for a first down no. early in the game no. when Brandon Allen got outside the pocket? No. There you go. I'm not sure he's capable of doing that because that opened up things in the intermediate, in the short to intermediate realm the rest of the game just because Joe Flacco, the fact is that the safeties and the linebackers had to account for Brandon Allen running, something you never did with Joe Flacco. Love Thunder down under. I hereby declare <laughs> that all analysis of Brandon Allen must follow the WWJFFHD or what would Joe Flacid Flacco have done? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Examples. Third and eight at 930 mark of quarter one. Joe would have waited in the disappearing pocket and been sacked. Brandon Allen ran for the first down. Second and 11 at seven minutes in quarter one. Batted ball at the line. Would Joe have Cam the Fig newton it and not made a play at the call? Brandon Allen attempted to catch and run with it. And actually, you know what? He shouldn't have tried to catch it. Right. I'm going to tell you right now that the best play there, when right. it, it comes back to you like that, knock it down. Yep. Don't catch it. Yep. First and 10 at 6-11 in quarter one. Joe wouldn't think Sutton is capable of winning the battle and looks at this second read, throws it short of the markers. Brandon Allen trusts his man and scores a touchdown. That's just one drive. Well... Flacco was t- was trusting Cortland Sutton more in Indianapolis. That's one where I'll say I think Flacco makes that throw. Yep. I know everyone wants to bash Joe Flacco, and I've taken my share of shots too. But that's one that I'm, I'm I gotta tell you I think Flacco makes that pass anyway. Now, question is, is it accurate? Right. Brandon Allen's wasn't what you wanted, but at least gave Cortland Sutton a chance. If Joe Flacco airmails it out of play, he doesn't give him a chance. And we saw Joe Flacco airmail some shots. And to give credit to to give credit to Flacco, that was one of his criticisms after the game was he said, I want to take more shots to Cortland Sutton. So that tells me that at least in last week's game plan that they just weren't being called. Yeah. And that's just one drive. Oh, and it's unconfirmed, but I'm pretty sure Fant only trucks that cornerback because there was residual passion on that ball from Brandon <laughs> Allen. WWJFFHD. <laughs> We should make that new wristband. The only thing Joe leaves on the ball is the tears of disappointment and misery of Broncos country. And it's slippery as a result. What I want to see is building for a future. Allen deserves to start for as long as we put 20-plus offensive points on the board. I'm okay waiting for Locke if we see a future worth testing in Allen. Yeah, and uh, it, it's that's that's what it has to be. Is I'm not okay with this if it means that you take yourself out of the quarterback market in 2020. Because the odds are, I look at this team and this defense and the way it's going, I see an 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, 10-6 season in 2020. Right. If this defense continues building off where it is. Right. And, and then you're out of position for quarterbacks in 2021. I think mm-hmm. if Drew Locke isn't the answer, and you've got to get him out there to start finding out if he can be, 
then you have to be prepared to go for a quarterback early in 2020. Yep, no disagreement here. And Mace, we've talked about a lot of things in this first hour of the pod that if you were a subscriber and a member of our family at the DNVR, you would have known last night, right after the game wrapped up, where Mace had two fantastic pieces. He's touched on one of his. I really broke in and dug deep into Brandon Allen's game. Ryan talked about Joe Flacco, and you would have known all of this before waiting for this podcast. And so we would really like you to join our family so that you can get this exclusive access as soon as it comes out, right after the game, right after we come back from the locker room and write these articles. And we want you to join our family And I would really like you to join our family using the promo code Zach. That's Z-A-C. Mace, I'll let you give your pitch. Yes, I'd like you to use the code Mace, (laughs) M-A-S-E, especially if you're somebody who's kind of come aboard in the last couple of months. Maybe you didn't know about what was previously BSN, not DNVR. I've heard from a lot of people who listen to the show I had with Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater on Orange and Blue 760. Now listen to me on Thursday nights with Ryan and Benjamin Albright. If you're a fan who came over from 760 and you found out, then no offense to the other guys, (laughs) but it's the mace that brought you here. Use the code mace. (laughs) And if you like underdogs, then I ask you to join my cause and use the code Zach, Z-A-C, because guys... I am in an underdog situation here. I'm trying to come back. If you like Brandon Allen's story, if you like the second-round pick Drew Locke's chances, if you like Peyton Manning after multiple neck surgeries, what the underdog stories those guys are. Wait, wait, wait. Make are sure you saying <laughs> Peyton Manning was an underdog story? I'm building, come on, I'm, man. I'm building it like that. <laughs> That's a hell of a leap, my friend. <laughs> and what, what do you get when you use either of those promo codes? Well, you join our team. You help the Broncos cause and trying to come back over the Nuggets, which we need all the help we can get. You get all of our content, not just Broncos, but you do get Nuggets, Avs, and Rockies as well. And you get your pick of any of the amazing DNVR t-shirts that are out there. And you get the exclusive right to comment and ask your questions on this pod. And you bring us joy. And also, if you like Hall of Fame quarterbacks who aged well and by the end of their career carried what John Facenda once called a businessman's paunch across the middle. So, and quarterbacks from the mid Atlantic in particular, like Sonny Jurgensen, the hall of famer. If you're a fan of that sort of quarterback, Mace is the code you want. <laughs> so make sure you hit one of those codes, Zach or Mace and join our family. And speaking of joining our family, the local DNVR. We're all about supporting local businesses here, and that's why I need to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming, and we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to custom size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing, guys. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it 
all. And you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gasket hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and make sure you tell them that DNVR sent you. All right, By Mace. the way, another reason you should go for the Mace code, according to a longtime uh, a Broncos uh, blogger and writer, uh, Emmett Smith, out, out in California, referred to me as, quote, the professor emeritus of the Broncos writing community. <laughs> so vote for the professor. Vote for Mace. And that's exactly why you got to go with Zach, Z-A-C, the underdog. So, but he, he's already the professor. Let, let's, let's pull for the underdog students. Yes, but... <laughs> who helps the students along to eventually become professional? <laughs> I'm paying it forward to all of Broncos country. <laughs> Sharing my knowledge. Oh, gosh, that sounded so arrogant. Good grief. That's why you hit the code Zach. <laughs> oh! Well, I'll let you have the last word there. That's okay. <laughs> Next one coming in from Vaughn, father of Tom. Hey, boys. Been a while since I last commented. A couple things to say here. Justin Simmons is a stud. John better re-sign this man right away. Court has killed top three re- or court has top three receiver potential Noah Fant killed it last night dude is really coming into his own here Bulls better be off the team next year or the DNVR team will riot probably this team is going to be great in the future these games are making me so much more excited for the seasons to come our offense can actually be electric and the defense is going to look great with studs like Simmons Chubb Reed and AJ Johnson killing the other team which leads to the next point We need to figure out this quarterback spot. Is Allen good? We also need to see what Drew is, and if they both aren't the answer, we have a top pick this year. This isn't a bad problem at all. Can't wait for the future with you amazing people reporting it. Keep it going, DNVR. Brian Allen's got two weeks to show whether what he did Sunday was legit or whether it was a mirage. Yep. And again, the discrepancy between the passer rating, which was what, 125.6? Yep. And the ESPN QBR, which is 37.1. I'm going to look up and see where that ranks in terms of single game discrepancies mm. because that's massive. That is. And that means he, in terms of ESPN's metrics, which incorporate situations, which incorporate the ability to take off and run with it. Also incorporates, you know, placement of the ball, near interceptions, et cetera. That's an alarming number. It is. When you see that. So it really uh, is. Love Thunder Down Under. Let's play a round of Fant or Kittle. Go. Nine games, 277 yards, one touchdown, 27 receptions. Nine games, 300 yards, two touchdowns, 23 receptions. I'll, I can tell you just by looking at that, the first one <laughs> is George Kittle. The second one is Noah Fant. George Kittle is a rookie. So, yes, Noah Fant is ahead of George Kittle as a rookie. How about that? Noah Fant's going to be a stud. Yep. Yeah. All these people. I may have to do some screen capturing here (laughs) of the bad takes regarding Noah Fant over the last few games. Yep. Okay? This guy's going to be a stud. And here's the thing, Mace, is he may, in, in Minnesota, he may have three passes thrown his way, one catch, one drop for seven yards. 
it doesn't mean that he's going to build off this 115 game receiving performance and have a better game each year. No, it's it's that he is showing the flashes and the consistency will build. But with wind building consistency, you're gonna you're gonna have steps back. That's how it works for tight ends. And even yesterday, there were plays he wanted back when he was out in front of Cortland Sutton. Oh he just man! <laughs> oh man! He's got like, a ways like to go. Butter. But again, part of it with Noah Fant is putting him in situations where he can succeed. I think he can deliver that downfield block more often than not. He gets missed on that. He can learn from that. But what he did in the passing game, that's something he can do on a week-to-week basis. Exactly. Next one coming in from Alez, Alez, Alez. Ale, Ale, Ale. Oh, Ale, Ale, Ale. It's French. Yes. Come on, you know this. Yeah, like I told you, I'm bad at French. As an Oklahoma State fan, watching Baker Mayfield gets get turned from the cocky swear word to a used car salesman on his third divorce will never get old. Did you ever see True Lies, by the way? No. Okay, there's a, a car salesman character played by the late Bill Paxton. And he's got that mustache that Baker Mayfield had. And basically, this guy kind of <laughs> lies about everything. He pretends that he's a, a spy. He's on, on some mission. Turns out he just sells used cars. And when he's begging for his life, he's like, uh. I have to lie to women to get laid, and I don't <laughs> score much. And, and that's what Baker Mayfield looked like. And it that's was... why you shouldn't. You got to go with the Fu Manchu. You got to go with the beard. No, not that stash. It that was didn't work. really it works for really, some guys. Really bad. I wonder if when he got home last night, his wife said that must go right now. I, I, I mean, look, are you going for a uh, Gardner Minshew thing? For whatever reason, it didn't work for Baker, and you've got to get that thing with thicker and with more body if you want to do the Freddie Mercury. Right. Like Brandon McManus pulled off. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Loved watching the future of this team shine. While I have no doubt Allen isn't the future of this team, it was so nice to see someone more mobile than a fence post play quarterback. Damn. Thanks for the content, boys. And I'll leave you with this hot take. Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than Baker. Johnny Manziel with a better PR team. Mayfield. You know what? When I hear a take like that, I'm reminded of when we would do our hot takes over on the late Orange and Blue 760, and James Gomez producing back in the booth had the sound effect of um, Roger Daltrey yelling in Won't Get Fooled Again every time there was a hot take. (laughs) And that one right there, in my mind, I can hear, yeah! (laughs) <laughs> right there that's it <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> the real links well weird stuff i genuinely thought that after all the hope you expressed last week our boy brandon would go out there and nathan peterman it for a while to be replaced by Rippin. looks like i was wrong also i've had this thought for a while that we're just the guy away from being a contender in the division tonight mere adequate quarterback play proved our offense can handle it Throwing a new weapon for that guy, you've got a good offense. Plus, the D is looking like they're playing for champ status because they didn't have to make a game-ending stop for once in many moons. I feel good that we got to see this performance, but a win doesn't encourage me by our draft stats. Neither does the fact that if Allen does this again, Drew might be on the shelf longer. I'm worried. Okay, the guy. The guy. Let's say the guy is Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. And let's say the Broncos hold the seventh pick. What would you offer to move up to number one and get Joe Burrow? Given what I've talked about with this defense having a lot of parts, and if you keep this together and you have the cost-controlled quarterback, you have an equation that can work. Yeah, this is going to sound crazy. I would give up to move from seven to one. 
I'd give up three years of first round picks plus a couple of twos. Yep. Yep. And for that- Joe Burrow, I would absolutely do it because Joe Burrow to me looks like the guy. Mace, my price was going to be name your price. Now, of course, you don't approach the negotiating table like that, but inside your building, that's what you say. If you identify him as the guy, you say anything. Whatever it takes. And you know what anything is? Is is three first-round picks, including the seventh overall. Right. Whatever it takes. And maybe Miami views their situation as Tua? That's funny everyone thinks that. We've been looking at Trevor Lawrence this whole time. That's why we're willing to give up Minka Fitzpatrick, Laramie Tunsil, because you know what we're going to do? We're going to trade down, and then with the seventh overall pick from the Broncos, we're going to get our starting left tackle of the future. I have and- a smile on my face because I'm right now I'm allowing myself to dream of Joe Burrow in a Broncos uniform. <laughs> it could, it could oh, happen, I can hear Mace. the choir of angels singing in my kitchen. And how, Joe Burrow! <laughs> how many first-round picks would that give the, the, the Dolphins? I mean, if you get three from the Broncos plus all that they have already, that would be doing the rebuild, I mean, fully committing to it and potentially doing it fantastic. Yeah. And again, would the, you'd then have to say, okay, with the cost control quarterback here, even at number one overall, it's still a relative bargain. If he's the guy, then you can spend elsewhere and get that right. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> man alive, man. Yep. Next one coming in from The Real Links. Allen has half the wins as Flacco had in eight games, one-third of his touchdowns, and 1,000% more support and confidence from the fan base. Why in heaven on earth or in hell did Joe Flacco suck so bad through eight games, and why do I think him starting what we would only have scored 13 points? Do any of you have an explanation other than his legs? Because I have one. Lack of intelligence, lack of leadership. I thought I was an alternative universe when Allen took the field. He looked the part of a commander. He had the morale of his teammates soaring as they made big plays for him because of it. I can tell Allen is better because everyone else plays better when he's out there. Thanks for reading the comments. I wouldn't say a lack of intelligence. I would say this in regards to leadership. Joe Flacco is a quiet leader. Joe Cool, even Keel. Yeah. And with a team that is young has some fire, his leadership style was simply a bad fit for where this team is going. It was. And that Brandon Allen and Drew Locke represent better leadership styles for a team that is flooded with key contributors below the age of 26. Yep, exactly. Kind of a generational thing. Andrew O, being a diehard Razorback fan, I imagine... This is how RK must have felt when Philip Lindsay burst onto the scene in orange and blue. I will be realistic and pump the brakes on the hype train, but I knew BA would be a gamer just like he was at Arkansas. I also have to say that Andrew Mason was the only Broncos writer I heard actually give him a shot at being successful this Sunday. So <laughs> shout out to you, Mason. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad somebody noticed. I was the, it was the triple a picture theory, right? I just, I'm a baseball guy. Right. And I've seen this before. I also want to point out that Adam Rank was wrong about the 2019 <laughs> Broncos and owes Broncos country a sincere apology for his ineptitude for his 2-14 and 14 prediction. <laughs> Lastly, when you talk about successful 29 quarterbacks this year, you guys forgot to include quarterbacks drafted by the Jaguars in the sixth round with those that have the last name Allen. Branding checks both of those boxes. Should have seen this coming. Woo, pig suey. And go Broncos. Man, I'll tell you, as a 
as a Mizzou alumnus, um, it hurt a little bit saying Woo Pig Suey right there. <laughs> Not going to lie. I'm proud of you, Mace. I'm uh, proud of you. Next one coming in from DJC15. Huh. Who would have thought that a mobile quarterback who can extend plays and help his offensive line and make defenders have to cover receivers longer than they want and had to think about the quarterback running for would help your offense? Totally wouldn't have guessed it. Absolutely dripping with sarcasm. Yeah, you pour that sarcasm on there like I pour <laughs> syrup on my pancakes. Well done. <laughs> Broncos Sixers 12-30. Crazy how Joe Flacco has made Allen's first start seem any good. Aside from two fantastic plays from Sutton and Fant, Allen did not look that good to me. Even his scramble for a first down isn't impressive. Almost anywhere outside of Denver, it's a play that happens multiple times <laughs> a game for a quarterback. Slow the brakes on Allen. Oh, and he played the Browns. You know what? Sometimes when you've been wandering for, through the desert for so long and you finally get a taste of water, you just you savor it. Now, the question is, is it a mirage or, an, or and are we actually drinking sand rather than water? And after the last three and a half seasons of subpar quarterback play, we just don't know the difference anymore. Yeah, Mace, Maybe. I thought I thought you were going to go full Bear grills on me there. I thought you were going to say you're walking through the desert and sometimes your own urine tastes good. <laughs> ah, well, it, it worked for Patches O'Hulan in Dodgeball, right? <laughs> yeah. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? <laughs> Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Our friend Count Locula. Let's climb aboard the HMS Fant, Sutton, Lindsay, Reisner, Johnson, Reed, Simmons, and sail towards draft land where a franchise QB awaits. Oh, we have one of those two, but he's locked up in steerish class, engaged by only the twistings of theoretical knot tying and the daily ritual of a virtual scuttlebutt. Meanwhile, in other navies, Ensigns, Mahomes, and Jackson, and Watson learn the ropes with reckless abandon and vanquish enemies that we once defeated as well. Please, someone find the keys and let our future admiral on the deck. To that end, what's the timing, you gents' lives where you felt like you had the talent to succeed but were kept under lock and key for some odd reason? Love, the Count. Wow, we're getting deep here, the Count. It's <sighs> a good question. Kept under lock and key, wasn't allowed to... Uh, uh, flourish. Mace, do you, know you maybe what? have one recently? <laughs> yes. That's why I'm here. Yep. <laughs> DNVR. <laughs> that was my guess. <laughs> well that, done, Count. <laughs> that can't be beat, so I'm not even going to try to beat it. <laughs> Next one coming in from the world of suck. What a surprise the cornerback position has been. When Tlaib left, we entered into a rotating door at the second corner spot, and everyone we put out sucked. Roby, Langley, and Yadam. So we signed Callahan, who can't get on the field. In desperation, we turned to nobodies like Bosby, Devontae Harris, and Duke Dawson. And they're killing it. The cornerback room has quietly become an underappreciated aspect of this team. Who do y'all project the cornerback room to look like in 2020? Is the needle moving on Chris Harris Jr. staying? Any draft or free agency additions? Well, we know about how Chris and John Elway kind of have it set to where they're not discussing extension, new contract formally. No, Mace, I have a but, quick quick question on yes. on that on that point for you. Is is that just is that in the contract that they can't actually sign an extension this year? They have to wait till next year or is that just kind of a, a they agreed upon that? It's more of an agreed okay. upon thing. Okay. It's something that you can, you know, that's the sort of thing you can change anytime. Okay. I wasn't if sure both if that parties was in the agree. Contract. Okay, yeah, this is what we had now, but 
let's change it. We live in a different world. Sure. If both parties agree, then you can go ahead and do that. Let's talk about Bryce Callahan for a moment because he's a rumor at this point. <laughs> the myth of Bryce but Callahan. The season, it's lost. The, the team isn't going to the playoffs. Is the best tack with Bryce Callahan not to simply let him rest the rest of the way? Put him on IR? Let him get healthy and see if he can help you next year because if you cut him in the offseason, and by the way, next year, there is no pre- or post-June 1 designation. Hmm. It's part of how things are changing okay. in advance of the CBA expiration following the 2020 season. Okay. So if you cut Bryce Callahan, you only save $2.167 million and you create $6.167 million of dead money. So it's not worth cutting him. Nope. So I think the best play for the Broncos is to make sure you do everything to have Bryce Callahan ready to go and healthy in 2020. There's no question. And and then you throw him in with Chris Harris Jr. Devontae Harris, at minimum, I think he can be a number three corner long term. I think he's a player. Worst case, Bosby and him compete for that number Bosby three. Bosby comes back. Duke Dawson comes back. More and more, it's looking to me like if you bring back Chris Harris Jr., it's actually Isaac Yadam your third-round pick, who's going to be the odd man out. He's only playing on special teams right now. Right. Cody Sensabaugh, he's just kind of that veteran fill-in guy. I, I don't see him as part of the room in 2020 unless you bring him back just as insurance in case there's injuries and whatnot because he knows your scheme. But if you can mend fences with Chris Harris Jr., a cornerback room of Harris, Callahan, Devontae Harris, Duke Dawson, and Devontae Bosby. No. I like that a lot. Now we're talking. Now we're and, and you're you're only paying big money to one of those guys. You're paying substantial money to Bryce Callahan, but the rest cheap, cheap. And you've got guys who are tenacious. I, I like the way they they battle back. They all they all have resiliency. They all fight. Yep. It's not just the physical skills. These guys are cut from the right mental and emotional timber. Yeah, they, they they absolutely are. Next one coming in from Bronco Matt. Hey, guys, I know my posts are usually negative, but it's from years of dealing with this team. Back to my stance, Locke will never play a snap as a Bronco. Also, the worst thing for this team is if Allen keeps doing okay. We all know Elway has a fetish for average quarterback play. The urgency to see Locke play has not changed, but the bad news of this win is it released some of that pressure. Also, Sleepy Joe has clearly been the problem. That game was a ton of fun, though. Glad they won, but winning is a very dangerous route when you have a GM like Elway. Wish I had more time to swing by the tailgate. Maybe next year. Have a wonderful Monday. Thank you very much. And you know what? There's some merit to what you're saying. If Brandon Allen does okay, I worry that they may talk themselves into saying, well, Brandon Allen might be the guy, and then we don't have to go court. I mean, we don't need Joe Burrow uh, maybe don't to make the audacious play for Burrow. No, 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 no. And look, maybe they've identified Justin Herbert as the guy, for example. Certainly, when John Elway on... Orange and Blue 760, day after Christmas, Ryan Edwards and I were talking with him, and he expressed some surprise last year that Justin Herbert chose to come back to Oregon for the 2019 season, which made me think, hmm, interesting. Maybe they saw something they liked in Justin Herbert. Maybe he was a guy they were planning on. 
Yeah. So would it surprise me if the Broncos take Justin Herbert? No, but absolutely not. I want them to. I admit, I want them to fall in love with Joe Burrow the way I have. Um, and a great way to do that, John, is take that jet down to Tuscaloosa yeah, this weekend. They need to be not just watching the quarterbacks. There are right. so many guys. Yeah. Heck, you can watch guys for a few years from now. Watch Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I have never seen a freshman cornerback play like he does. Mace, Derek Stingley Jr. Man. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a hot take. <laughs> he he just touched his heart. Here's my hot take on Derek Stingley Jr. He'll be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Oh wow! I'm saying this as a wow. college freshman. Wow! Derek Stingley, Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow! I'll I'll tell you what, Mace, you're 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 the first one to say that. I probably am. <laughs> oh man, I love I love watching him. The best flight I have had going to any game site in years was the flight out to Indianapolis because I sat there and I watched Auburn LSU and I saw greatness <laughs> out there. <laughs> Even on the Auburn side, they got some serious pass rushers. Oh yeah. Auburn does. Oh yeah. Man, it was a fun game. And worst, worst case, John, you get to take in the best college football game of the year in person. So when we start breaking down our scouting reports and do it regionally, I have to have the SEC, right? Because I actually went to a school in the SEC. <laughs> if you can, you, you, you can take. <laughs> Should that. I plant my flag right now on the SEC? <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, sometimes my wife, like she, she's realized now that if there's not a game I care about. I default to whatever SEC game is on. She's figured it out. And I said, look, it's it's the closest thing to the NFL that you're going to find in college football. I do that 100%. And Mace, I've been sitting with someone that defers to the Pac-12. And, oh, oh, it is. I understand that bad. because RK went to <laughs> see you, but... Oh. Yeah, I it's have... Like it's, a, the, it's like it's a game and playing being played in another sport. It, exactly. You said it perfectly. That's exactly what it's like. So, anyway... <laughs> Next one from Bumpy Buffalo. A few nuggets of knowledge. Deshaun Watson, 28 attempts, 201 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Allen, 20 attempts, 193 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, 35 attempts, 161 yards, one touchdown. Mace, if it all mat- if it matters, Allen played against Cleveland. Does it matter that Rodgers played against the Chargers? Josh Allen, 20 attempts, one touch or 160 yards, one touchdown. If we, Virginia Beach Bronco and I, had told you Going into this week, that Brandon Allen would perform as well as Watson, better than Rodgers and Josh Allen in all metrics, you would have laughed at us all season long. How's that humble pie taste, fellas? Here's, I'll eat the humble pie now because Mace, maybe Mace didn't say he was going to be Aaron Rodgers, but Mace was the one that had the most confidence in him. I had the most confidence in him for one game. I need to see the broad sample size, though. Right. Well, here's this bold prediction for Allen moving forward. Allen. 17 of 28, 235 yards, two passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. Plus, the rushing game actually tops 100 yards against the Vikings D. Go DNVR and go Broncos. Broncos probably win that game. All right. Let's see some QBRs, the ESPN QBR here, okay? So, Brennan Allen. Yeah, that's not a number that's favorable. 37.1, ranked 187th of 269 total results. 
Let's take Aaron Rodgers, who I think, <laughs> first of all, Aaron Rodgers has been starting for the better part of 11 and a half seasons. <laughs> you have a sample size with Rodgers. Okay? A broad sample size. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, and by the way, um, I haven't found his QBR from yesterday yet, but uh, based on the fact that I have not seen it to this point as I look on the rankings, it even in that sorry game for the uh, Green Bay Packers yesterday against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. Ooh, okay, now I got the game log here. It's riveting when I do my research while we're at the mic. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. What do you was, have for it us, It was bad. Mace? It was bad. Ooh, what, how bad? 13.2! Oh, wow! That's what I'm ta- I've told you guys this whole time. I'm not surprised by that because that's just who Aaron Rodgers is. But is Brandon Allen capable of having a QBR of north of 70, which is something that Rodgers has done four times this year? <laughs> Probably not, no. Yeah. Again, the element of surprise worked in favor of Brandon Allen on Sunday. Yep. There's going to be film on him, and that's why I just I keep coming back to the AAA picture analogy. Right, and it's a good one. It's a fair one. So I, I, I don't know. The, the jury has to be out for at least one more game. Yeah, oh, 100%. Especially on the road against a good defense there. Tip the cap for what he did Sunday. But having watched all of his preseason snaps over the last four years, I I don't see a two-touchdown, no-pick game being something that is the norm for Brandon Allen. I I agree. Next one coming in from Horse Clock Lock. Ha! Is it just me or is Allen's success really bad for the team? And I'm not talking about draft position. Sure, that doesn't help. But now, even if we get to see Locke this year and he's not immediately better than Allen, the fan base will be divided. We will have a full-blown quarterback controversy. With Allen playing well, I think Elway will keep Locke sidelined for the whole season now like he wanted to do all along, really screwing us this offseason. And if they pass on a quarterback in this draft because they have Brandon Allen and Drew Locke with no snaps in the last seven games to come in this season, I think I may (laughs) have an on-air mental explosion. (laughs) And then your your keyboard will be covered in your brains? Right. I may spontaneously combust, (laughs) as was said in Spinal Tap. You know, dozens of people die from spontaneous combustion each year. It's just not really widely reported. <laughs> Chicken Joe, new subscriber here, just have to say how quick of a hey, turnaround welcome. this team ha- can have should Drew Locke be the next QB1 of this team. This team is very promising with a ton of young players that have potential to be top talents at their position, i.e. Sutton, Simmons, Reisner, Fank, Chubb. All credit to Elway for digging himself out of a hole he got himself into, but I think with another offseason with Fangio, who I'm absolutely sold on, and another draft and some free agents, this team could be a contender sooner than we realize. 100%. Yeah. 100%. The question is, can Drew Locke show he can be the guy? That's why you got to get him out there. I'd like to see him out there starting with the Charger game. But again, if Brandon Allen plays well against the Vikings or Bills, that might be put off a little bit if drew locks the guy and you know that then i don't care what position you are in the first round next year it's it's great you drafted a tackle an offensive lineman at some point in the first round maybe you trade back into the first round get another offensive lineman really 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 help drew lock and then drew lock has three great young pieces on the offensive line at minimum he has noah fant he has Cortland sutton maybe you can add in the second round another receiver some other threat or then you just give vic fan more tools and then yeah we're talking that 
Drew Locke probably doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes year next year, but maybe Drew Locke is 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 doing what the Bills are doing. Let let's say that, and this can absolutely be a playoff team. Of course, Mace, that's a huge caveat on, on if Drew Locke's the guy. But if he is, they're right there. But also another thing, in addition to re-signing guys on the defensive side, you got to fix left tackle. Yep, and that's that why I say be, first pick. And that might be if you if you don't have the quarterback, if Drew Locke isn't the guy, then you probably have to go free agency for left tackle. Yeah, and then it's going into the free agent tackle market, which the Broncos are have not done well in recently. <laughs> no, it's been a scary, scary place. But <laughs> I what mean, are you, you got into a Garrett Bowles. No, though? here's the thing, Mace. I agree. You got to do something, right? It, it's got to change. Your left tackle can't be a running joke every single time a flag is thrown. It can't be. And one flag can't be two flags. He just can't forget it. No. It's no. painful to watch him. It is painful. But what's not painful was Chicken Joe's comment of, of showing us how close the Broncos could be if Drew Locke turns out to be the guy. And like I said, guys, I know some of you guys are worried about not seeing Drew Locke. If Brandon Allen plays the way he did yesterday, and I'm so happy for Brandon Allen and his family, we'll be seeing Drew Locke fairly, fairly soon. And on that note, Mace, a happy note riding us into this Monday for the rest of the week. Do you have anything else? We got one more comment. Oh, do we? we one came in. All from, right. From uh, LH Almeida. Andre from Mile High Brazil here. Hey, good hearing from you, Andre. Do you think the improvement on the play calling is on Skangs with a more aggressive posture or Allen being a more coachable quarterback than Flacco. I mean, was Flacco holding Skangs back all the time because he is not mobile and not willing to do some things that are Skangs' strengths? Thanks. DNVR is the best. You guys are the best down there in Brazil. And uh, I don't think it's Flacco wasn't willing to learn. I think it's Flacco just didn't have the skill set that Skangs absolutely needed. And I'll remind you again, from that coach I talked to this offseason, they really believed that Joe Flacco was going to be mobile enough. It became clear very soon that he wasn't mobile enough. And look, Mace, is Brandon Allen Lamar Jackson? Of course not. But he has enough mobility, and Drew Locke has the same skill set in terms of being able to move. He is way closer to Brandon Allen, if not even more athletic and mobile than Brandon Allen, than he is anywhere close to Joe Flacco. Well put. Can't say it any better. I'll leave that right there. Well, right on, Mace. We made it through this Monday. It's a winning Monday in the Mile High City. We are so happy that you guys rolled with us today. We love you. Make sure you join our family. Use that code Mace. Use that code Zach. Uh, I'll let Mace have the last word. So use that code Mace. How about that? Uh, appreciate that because I did give you the last word earlier, I think. And thank you guys so much for rolling with us. We will be back with you tomorrow on this Broncos bye week. We're going to go down and talk to Vic Fangio right now. So have yourself a fantastic Monday and enjoy the victory. Zach.
Small Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.